that we sing or something that somebody says tonight just touches their heart and they just give you a chance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So like normal, and we're spread out pretty good, we want you to turn around and find somebody that you don't know. There's a couple people. We've got multi-church going on tonight, so we want you to find somebody to shake hands with and tell them how happy you are to see them. Sorrow and dead in my sin, lost without hope with no place to begin. Your love made a way to let mercy come in when death was arrested. Ash was redeemed, only beauty remained. My open heart. Everybody knows this part. Oh, your grace so free washes over me. You have made a new now life begins with you. It's your I'm a prisoner no more. My shame was a ransom, he faithfully called. He canceled my debt and he called me his friend. When death was arrested and my life began, oh, your grace so free washes over me. You have made me. It's your endless love pouring down on us. You have made us new, now life begins with you. Our Savior displayed on the criminal's cross. Darkness rejoiced as though heaven had lost. Then Jesus arose with our freedom in hell. Forever, amen, when death was around. 
twisted and my life began. Oh, your grace so free washes over me. You have made me new. Now life begins with you. It's your Amen. Well, I like it. You guys came to sing and move around. There was all sorts of stuff going on. Let me keep the lights low. This is a judgment-free service. So if you want to move around and you want to sing and you want to act silly, that's okay. So this is a new song to us, and you guys are going to recognize it. Um, if you can keep up with the words, um, feel free to do so. But if not, move around and shake it because it's real good. Lately I've been reeling, watching the nightly news Don't seem to find a rhythm, just want to sing the blues Feels like this song that never stops Feels like it's never gonna Gotta get that fire fire in my bones Somebody hard heart and just go Somebody please pass the megaphone I shout it on the count of three Let it move you, let it move you, let it move you. 
Amen. Amen. Fallen, fear is calling, still you're calling me. Faith is lost, and it is lost, and you will be my strength. When my mind says I'm not good enough, not sure enough for me, I've decided I'm not giving up. You won't give up on me. You won't give up on me. Your love is holding on. You won't let go. I feel it breaking out. I can't let go. Your love is holding on. You won't let go. I feel it breaking out. I can't let go. Let go in my soul. to me There's no stopping what you have started until it is complete When my mind says I'm not good enough God, you're enough for me I've decided I'm not giving up You won't give up on me You won't give up on me Love is holding on, it won't let go. I feel it breaking out, it's like it let go. Love is holding on, it won't let go. I feel it breaking out, it's like it let go. Let go in my soul. 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 somebody to introduce to you. Um, this is my buddy, T.J. Schinkel, and we reached all the way down to Bellevue and plucked him out of there so that he could come talk to you guys. Um, I won't say anything too much about what he's um, going to talk about or anything else, but uh, we've known each other for a very long time. Put him in the middle. Put him in the middle. <laughs> we've known each other for a very long time, and he is a police officer at Boone County. Do not hold that against him, but uh, he's a good dude, so I hope I hope uh, that you guys listen up. Yeah. Can everyone hear me? Awesome. So, yeah, Danny, I've known Danny forever. Am I, am I screaming? Because I do that sometimes. Okay. So, Danny, Danny and I have known each other. I know. Danny and I have known each other a long time. Uh, when, I was, when I was younger, he used to uh, give me drum lessons. 
now that I'm 30. Uh, oh, he also used to call me T-Bone. Um, no one else has ever done that. But now that I'm 30, my wife will not allow me to have a drum set, and no one calls me T-Bone. I don't, I don't know why. But about a month ago, Danny, I stopped in to get my hair cut, um, and Danny asked me, he's like, hey, man, because uh, I told him the first time I came to one of these, I'm like, hey, if you ever need someone to do a testimony, call me up. So he, he tried to get me to do it for your all's outdoor party, but work got in the way um, and all that good stuff. Um, so about a month ago, he's like, hey, how about that testimony, July 2nd? I'm like, yeah, you know, work, try to come up with some excuses because I knew I'd probably try, try and talk my way out of it. Um, but later on that day, uh, I was mowing the grass, driving around on the lawnmower, um, and it dawned on me what July 2nd is, July 2nd is today. Um, today is a 20-year anniversary. My sister passed away so, um, unexpectedly. So when it, that dawned on me, it all clicked. I'm like, Danny wants me to do a testimony, July 2nd, 20-year anniversary. Okay, God, I got it. I, like, I get it. So I'm here. Uh, I'm going to share with you some, story, some, some of my, uh, my testimony. Um, before, I want, to t- I want to share a little bit about myself. I'm, t- I'm TJ, like you said. Uh, I am in law enforcement here in Boone County. I'm 30 years old, married to my beautiful wife, Elizabeth. Uh, sup, girl? Um, I have two kids, five and eight, Hagen and Hadley. They're awesome. I'm a deacon and a youth minister down at Bellevue Baptist. Um, a couple weeks ago, we were at youth camp. Um, teenagers at camp, they're like, hey, uh, you're great, but sometimes you draw things out and you get a little boring. So you guys are in for a treat tonight. Um, so, so testimonies are for us to share our stories, right? And explain things that we have experienced in my life, in life. I have notes because if I don't, I will go off track and we'll be here forever. Um, so don't mind me looking down on them. Um, so testimonies, um, opportunity for us to share stories and explain the things that we have experienced in our life um, and the way that God worked through us um, and in us during those experiences. Um, and then we get to glorify him by sharing them. Um, so here's mine, just the highlights. Just a highlight reel, real quick. Uh, I grew up in Boone County. Uh, like I said, this, this date, probably around this time is when I went to the hospital. Um, they meet my family to find out about my sister who passed away. Um, but that day, um, she was, it was hot. It was like one of those like 100 degree days. We didn't have AC, so um, I was next door playing with some friends. I ran over, checked on her. She was sweating real bad. I'm like, I'm going to call mom because she was 15, getting ready to turn 16. She was watching me. I was like, I'm going to call mom. Mom's going to come, um, you'll be all right, and I, I ran off, and then when I came back, when my mom got there, she was getting worse, my mom was like, hey, I'm going to take her to hospital, cool, I ran over to my neighbors, I'm like, hey, I'm going to stay with you guys for the rest of the day, um, so my mom took her to the hospital, um, where she passed away, uh, a few hours later, my, my neighbor's mom gets a call, hey, you need to get him to the hospital, we did Mach 20 to the hospital, um, I get there, my dad's crying, never seen my dad cry, um, I knew something was wrong, um, Long story, I'm, I'm kind of skipping through this because this is, this is just part of, this is just the beginning. Um, but yeah, so my sister passed away. Um, my whole family was there. Um, I was like 10 or 11 years old. Uh, didn't really understand anything that was going on at the time. I just knew um, that uh, my sister was, was now gone. Um, so yeah, um, 20 years ago, it's crazy. But uh, just a few months after that, uh, my house burnt down. And then a few years after that, I caught on fire. Long story, but gasoline, fire, spring break, don't work. I graduated high school, thankfully. I went to Thomas More College, played a little football, dropped out of college um, because I didn't like school. Uh, Joined the greatest military branch in the world, the United States Marine Corps. Um, And then I got married to my awesome wife. Um, Two combat deployments to Afghanistan, two kids. Um, I got, well, not two kids at that time. Hagen was born. Um, then I went on my second deployment and then came home and got out. When I got out of the military, so when you get out of the military, you got to go talk to a shrink. And you got to tell them everything about your life and then everything you experienced in the military. Um, this shrink was like, hey, and I don't mean to use shrink and offend anybody, but that's just what I think. Um, they're like, hey, um, TJ, Mr. Shrinkle, you've got like a skeleton full, or I calls it like full of skeletons and things that are going to come out one day, uh, and you need to address those. I'm like, you're crazy. Um, you need to talk to somebody because I'm fine. Um, I, I thought that PTSD was for weak-minded people. I didn't think that they, you know, I, I didn't have that. Like, and, and also, I didn't go through a lot of the real, real bad things in combat that other guys that I knew had. So I didn't think that I rated to, to, um, to uh, have that. So anyway, dealt with that. I told her, no, I'm good. 
Um, came home, put all my eggs in one basket, got, got on, hired on at the sheriff's office here. Um, got through the academy, graduated, um, and then got through all my field training here. Um, was on my own for a couple months, driving around. Um, and this is where, like, this is like my actual testimony, or my current testimony, I guess, because um, they changed. So, um, driving around, this is, like, this is like 2013, December, like maybe November, December, it's freezing cold, tons of snow on the ground. Um, I don't know, uphills both ways, whatever. Um, but it, it was really cold, I remember that. And I was just driving down the road, and it was like 3 in the morning, and I just had this sudden urge, like something came over me, I don't know what it was, um, and, you know, we're in law enforcement, we're required to carry firearms and everything, but I had this sudden urge to end my life right then and there. Um, I don't know where it came from. I don't know where I just felt like, this is it, you're done, take your life, do it now. Um, by the grace of God, I didn't. I had a huge, like, panic attack. Um, I got out of the car, stopped the car in the middle of the road, got out, got some fresh air, took a deep breath, prayed real quick, got back in the car and went on, went on with my life. So over the next several weeks, or a few weeks of that, um, I lived with and suppressed tremendous feelings of depression, anxiety, paranoia, suicidal thoughts. Um, what else? Oh, uh, just like hypervigilance. Like I would clear, I would get off work and like clear all these spaces that I thought somebody was hiding in that, because they were going to jump out and attack me. Um, but that's just like what was going on in my mind. Um, so I lived with this for a few, a few weeks so I couldn't do it anymore. I finally told broke down and told Elizabeth what was going on. So when I finally told Elizabeth what was going on, she was eight and a half months pregnant with my daughter Hadley. Um, and when I was like, hey, I got to talk to you, she just immediately broke down and started crying. I'm like, hey, what's wrong with you? She's like, just wait till Hadley's born, then we can get divorced, all these things. I'm like, what are you talking about? She thought that I was leaving her because I had been so disconnected from my family. Um, my wife thought I was leaving her. I didn't have a relationship with my son at the time. Um, so all these, it, like, I'd have, it affected my entire world. Um, I created this environment where my family had to walk around in eggshells, um, and it just wasn't good. And I had no idea because I was numb to everything. So um, when I finally was like, hey, I'm not, I don't want to leave you. I just need some help. Um, she was like, okay, immediately got me help, got me to um, the preacher down at Bellevue at the time. He set me up with some Christian counseling. Her name's Sabrina Massey. She's awesome. Look her up. Um, so I spent two years in, in counseling, but, but in the meantime, um, you know, I, I'm hundred percent confident God saved my life and I'm hundred percent confident that he used Elizabeth to do it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, cause I, I didn't have, I wouldn't, I didn't have anywhere else to turn at the time. Um, and, and she stood there for me. So for the next several months, I struggled to live, um, a normal life. I wouldn't go anywhere without Elizabeth. I would go to work, I would come home, um, I would get in bed and like, like snuggle up to her like I was a little baby because I, I was just so lost and hurt and broken. Um, she would go to work, I would go with her, I would sleep on the couch in her boss's office because he was never there. Um, not her current job, but no, uh, her, her prior job. Um, there, there was a couch in the office, I would sleep there just so I couldn't be alone. I didn't trust myself to be alone. I didn't want to be alone with my own thoughts. That's a scary thing. So I attended counseling twice a week forever. Um, I was numb. Hadley was born a couple weeks, you know, during this prog process. Hadley was born, and I felt nothing. Um, she was there. I held her in my arms, my newborn baby girl, and I felt nothing. So these things are crushing me. Um, I was afraid that I was too far gone until God opened my eyes and, and heart to his overwhelming love and grace. Um, it wasn't an overnight transformation. And the reason that I love sharing my testimony because I, I believe in transparency. Because there is no point in me going through such life-changing things um, and not sharing it with other people and telling other people how um, my life has changed and God has been um, so instrumental in me being here and, and, and what he's done in my life. So um, I, like, I like to tell my story. I think we all should. Uh, but I was afraid I was too far gone. Um, Went to counseling for, for two years. I spent in counseling, a lot of money, but it was well, well worth it. Um, and I began being intentional in my spiritual life and my relationship with Christ. And God eventually mended and molded me into, you know, who I am today. So why did this happen to me? Why do, things, why do bad things happen to good people, all that good stuff? First of all, I'm not a good person. None of us are good. 
Um, there are a number of reasons why this, I, this could have went, I could have experienced these things. You know, I, um, I, I don't know. I know that I'm here. I know that I've got an awesome story to tell. I know that I've shared my story with other people, and it's helped them. Um, so that's, that's what I sum it up to. But I know that there, God has a, a laundry list of reasons why, you know, I went through these things that I went through, and that I'm still here to share them. Um, but... I, I was beginning to settle and be comfortable in my life. I was beginning to settle for a, a, a life that was distant from God, where, um, you know, I could call on him if I needed him kind of thing. Um, I was just, I just, I don't think I was, I don't think I was doing what he wanted me to do. And his patience, you know, God is patient, but he's also just. So I think his patience ran out with me. Um, and he's like, hey, dummy, wake up. So my pride, um, you know, I'm a proud person. I'm not too proud anymore to admit that. Um, so and I'm going to get to that in a minute, but um, I promise I'm not going to take forever. But uh, so the, yeah, I, I was settling for a life of, away from God, you know, and a comfortable life. And we should live uncomfortably as Christians. We should step out on faith as many times as we can, um, um, trusting that God has a fantastic plan for us. But I kind of had him in my back pocket in case I needed him, um, and that just wasn't his plan for me. And that's what I kind of sum all this up for. Um, but some scripture that helped me and continues to strengthen me through all this is uh, the first ones of First Peter 5, verses 6 through 10. It's awesome. Um, it starts off saying, humble yourselves. I'm, my pride is one of the reasons why I went through all these things because I could not just, I couldn't get rid of it. So humble yourselves, um, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you. We don't know when that time's going to be. It's, it's up to him. Um, I hope that I never go through anything really bad again, but I'm confident that I will, and I'm confident that God's going to hold my hand through it all. Um, verse 7 says, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. He cares for me. He cares for all of us here. Um, 8, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. So first part of that is spiritually preparing for the worst day of your life. That day in 2013 was one of the worst days of my life. I wasn't spiritually prepared for it, and it almost cost me my life. So my question to everyone that I, that I get to share this with is, what are you doing to prepare yourself for the worst day in your life? Um, and then second part of that is share your story. It says same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Why would I go through this and live my life and not share it with anyone else that might be experiencing the same things and tell them how, how awesome God's love and grace is for them? Um, so, and my favorite part of the passage is verse 10. It says, after you have suffered a little while, and I'm sorry, after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has created you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. And I find extreme amount of comfort in knowing that. Um, and it just helps me get through um, a lot of the a lot of the tough times that I still experience. So this is what God did for me. My pride had to be shattered. I had to hit my very rock bottom before I surrendered to God. But once I did, what a transformation He did in my life. I mean, it, it's if those of you who knew me before, um, before like like military days, none of you here, thankfully. Um, but I'm, I'm I've been transformed, and and that's all by the grace of God. Um, so now that, um, I'm sorry, so that now in my life when I am challenged, I'm going through trials and tribulations, I find great joy in knowing that God will not allow me to go through more than I can handle and that growth, that, that the growth that I receive from all of this, um, is worth the wait. Um, because the testing of faith produces great patience. Um, the testing of patience produces stronger faith. Um, you may be going through things right now. Some of you may be here. Um, some of these things that I've said, maybe you're like, I, I got depression. I deal with anxiety. I have suicidal thoughts. I'm an addict. I'm, we know X, Y, and Z, whatever it may be. Um, but, and I stole this from a John Piper podcast because he's awesome. It says, you may be going through uh, things right now that are painfully preparing you for a great service to God and his people. Step out on faith and pursue God. Um, so that's what I, I got a couple other things here real quick. Um, Psalm 119.71 says, It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. The law of your mouth is better 
to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Your hands have made and fashioned me, given me understanding that I may learn your commandments. The Bible says it's good for us to experience bad things. You know, why, again, you know, if, if, if I don't go through any hard times or tribulations and I, I die at the end of my life and I go to heaven, I said, well, that was fun. You know, I didn't really, didn't really do anything, but, you know, I don't, I don't, want, I don't want to live that life. I want, to, I want to be tested and pushed to the limits and be able to rely on God um, and share that story. Uh, and finally, James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4 say, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet various trials trials of various kinds for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing that's one I lean on quite a bit um I'm not perfect I'm not complete I'm a sinner you know um I wake up every day and do the very best that I can to surrender myself to God and and do as he asked me to I can't say that I do that, um, but God's love is so scandalous that he just continues to love us, and that's what gets me through the day. Um, that's what got me through these last um, several years of my life. Um, so now that, you know, where I'm at now in my life, I do find joy in the hardships I face, fully knowing and trusting my Heavenly Father is there to see me through it, and that my relationship is, with him is going to grow tremendously because of whatever it is that I'm going through. God bless you guys. Thanks to you, Bone. So Courtney's going to lead one here um, for us. We guys stand up with us, and uh, we're going to sing a few more, and then we get to introduce our new pastor. It won't be like Sunday. We'll give you a good inter- introduction this time, but... Uh, um,
So this song has been pretty popular around here. Um, the words come fast. Keep up if you can. I'll mess it up, so don't worry about how silly you sound. Ready? I see you dressed in white 
up here that uh, everybody knows, and Bobby's going to sing with me. So uh, I promise you'll know this, and we'll sing this one the longest. Have a seat. 
is my pleasure again. We're not going to play you up with a funny song this time, but this is his first worship night that he's with us. And uh, we got to talk some today. We've talked over the past couple weeks, and uh, I'm starting to like him pretty good. But this is our new pastor, uh, Brother Harold. Well, we haven't talked enough for me to like him yet, but... Just kidding. Thank you all for coming out tonight. Thank you, TJ, for that testimony. Uh, Lord spared your life, and I, I thank you for sharing your testimony, and I know God's going to use that, and uh, praise the Lord for his uh, patience with us, and I thank you, praise team. And, uh, just glad to be here tonight. I just want to spend just a few moments tonight talking about our attitude. Uh, sometimes uh, by the middle of summer, these hot days, sometimes we get a bad attitude. Uh, at least it's not raining anymore, right? And, uh, and maybe life's throwed a curveball at you and you've got a I don't care attitude anymore. Well, here's what Philippians 2.5 says. It says, uh, have this mind, and many translations have attitude. Uh, either one of those words would work there. Uh, have this uh, mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. And so Paul tells us to have a, an attitude like Christ. And I, I think we want to say, well, we can't have an attitude like Christ. But if the Scriptures tells us to, to do something, then the Spirit helps us to, to do what it tells us to do. And so let this mind or this attitude be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. And so I want you to know tonight, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, uh, we are to seek to have an attitude like Jesus. So we asked the question, well, what kind of attitude did Jesus have? Well, he had a giving attitude. He, he gave himself. He gave that which was greatest, him, himself, for us. He had a loving attitude. Uh, he loved people. When he saw people with needs, he wanted to meet the needs. He wanted to teach and, and to help others. He had an attitude of forgiveness, an attitude of mercy. Uh, but we go through life, and often we try to blame our attitude or our problems on our circumstances. Uh, there was a mother and daughter who had been Christmas shopping, and some of you all can relate to this, but they'd been to all kinds of stores, and they were tired and weary. Their feet were hurting. They had one more store to go to. And so finally, they got checked out of that last store, and the mother was huffing and puffing on her way out. And she said to her daughter, did you see that mean look that that salesman gave me? And the daughter said, Mom, he didn't give you that. You had that look when you went in. And that's the kind of attitude that we take with us sometimes, and we like to blame it on someone else. Uh, but I believe that our attitude and how we respond to circumstances is a choice. Uh, and it's been said that our attitude often determines our altitude. Uh, our attitude often determines our altitude. Our attitude often affects our perspective and our outlook on life. And uh, I just want to encourage us to have a good attitude. And maybe you're here tonight, and, and maybe you're here because God wants to give you an attitude adjustment. And uh, if, if He wants that, then, then uh, we praise Him for bringing us here tonight and, and getting what He wants to give us. I just want to look at a couple people in particular in the Scriptures that, that kind of help us see this. Uh, the first one is David, and, and we know the story of David and Goliath. And I'm, I'm not going to read that tonight, but Goliath is a 9-foot, 400-pound giant. And uh, he challenged the children of Israel. Uh, he blasphemed Almighty God. And uh, David comes. He's a 17-year-old uh, boy. He comes to, to visit his brother and bring him some food. And, and he wants to know why nobody would take this challenge from Goliath. And, uh, of course, the, the brothers, they explain how dangerous it would be to try to, to fight a giant like Goliath. And from their perspective, this giant was too big to, to hit. And... From David's perspective, the giant was too big to miss with God's help. And so when David told his brothers, you all remember when David told his brothers that he wanted to fight Goliath and they, they thought he was crazy and foolish. The problem was they, they were comparing their size to Goliath. And, and when you compare it that way, then a nine-foot giant's pretty big. But David was comparing Goliath's size to God. And that makes nine foot pretty small, doesn't it? And see the difference in perspective and the difference in our attitude sometimes. And David had two things going for him. He had a big God and he had the right attitude. And church, I just want to tell us tonight, we have a big God. Amen? We have a big God, but do we have a right attitude? 
I heard about a grandma and grandpa who went to visit their grandkids, and they, they drove all morning. They got there early in the afternoon. Grandpa was tired, and so he went and took a nap. And Grandpa had one of those uh, handlebar mustaches. I don't see any of those in the crowd tonight, but he had one of those, and while he was sleeping, the grandkids went, and they put some of that Limburger cheese in his mustache. A little while later, Grandpa woke up, and he like, he's like, this bedroom stinks. He, he went to the kitchen. Grandma's in there making some cookies. He gets some cookies, and he's like, this kitchen stinks. Well, he went outside. He's like, the whole world stinks. And uh, the problem was he, uh, he had Limburger cheese in his, in his mustache. But, but sometimes there's people even in the church that have some Limburger cheese in their attitude. And everything stinks. And I just want to tell you, it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, you don't have to go through life uh, thinking everything stinks. Uh, we we not, not be able to control our circumstances, but... Uh, our attitude is, is usually our choice. And uh, as we read through the Bible, we notice that there are lots of people, lots of characters who have difficult circumstances. The other one I was thinking about is Joseph. Joseph was the, the favorite son of Jacob, and he had some difficult circumstances to overcome. Just think about Joseph. He, uh, first, he had, uh, some difficult, he had a difficult home life. He was the 11th of 12 sons. He was born to Jacob's favorite wife, Rachel. And because he was the favorite, you remember in, in uh, Genesis chapter 37 that his father gave him a, a cloak of many colors or a robe, a special robe. Uh, Genesis 37, 4 says that uh, his brothers hated him so much that they could not speak peaceably to him. Uh, it says in Genesis 37, uh, verse 18, that uh, so... Joseph goes to check on his brothers, and it says in Genesis 37, 18, that they conspired to kill him. Uh, verse 20 says, uh, come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. And so their plan was to, to kill their brother. Uh, we know that they ended up selling him as a slave. And uh, Joseph's own brothers uh, sold him as a slave. And, and we know later that he was sold to Potiphar. Uh, but you're talking about a difficult home life. Uh, Joseph goes from being the pampered son to a slave overnight. And yet, despite his difficult family life, Joseph trusted God. And listen, so can you. Uh, Joseph had a difficult work life. You remember he started working for Potiphar, and he was very successful in everything he did. The Lord blessed it. And, but Potiphar's wife, she tried to seduce him. It says in chapter 39, verse 7, After a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, Lie with me. So that would have been a difficult work environment. Uh, verse 10, as uh, she spoke to Joseph day after day, she would not listen, he would not listen to her to lie beside her or to be with her. And so we, we know what happened. Uh, there was a day, verse 12 says, that uh, she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. He left his garment in her hand and fled and, and got out of the house. And uh, we always point to that as a good uh, verse there to, to tell us how to avoid uh, immorality. Flee from it. Uh, he lost his coat, but he didn't lose his character. Uh, but he was wrongly accused. And, and so uh, he had a difficult work life. But Joseph trusted God, and so can we. Uh, Joseph was around uh, difficult people. You remember Joseph was in prison, and the cupbearer and the baker were thrown into prison. And, and you can read about that in, in Genesis chapter 40. But, but Joseph was able to interpret their dreams. And, and he said, just, you know, when you get out, uh, remember me. Uh, that's uh, Genesis 40, verse 14. Only remember me when it is well with you, and please do not... Do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh, and so get me out of this house. And, of course, he got out, and verse 23 says, Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. And so, listen, despite difficult people in Joseph's life, Joseph trusted God, and so can you. Joseph had two things going for him, and those two things was he trusted God, and he had a good attitude. And so I just want to say tonight, you might not be able to control your circumstances, but, but your attitude is your choice. And I just want to encourage you to have a good attitude and just trust the Lord with every circumstance in life. 
Uh, I love to tell this little boy this, about this little story about a little boy named Jed. Every morning, uh, Jed's mo- mother would come to Jed's room, and it'd be 5.30 in the morning. She'd wake up Jed. She'd say, it's going to be a great day, and, and Jed was expected to get up and, and uh, help with the chores, get the wood in, get the fire going to warm the house. And One morning, Jed's mother comes to the door and says, uh, get up, Jed. It's going to be a great day. And Jed said, no, it's not. It's going to be a terrible day. I'm tired. It's cold. And this day, Jed's mother said, okay, Jed, if that's the way you feel, then just go back to bed. Jed thought, well, I should have thought about that sooner. That worked pretty good. So he went back to bed. About three hours later, he, he woke up. The house was warm. He smelled breakfast. It had already been cooked. And, and so he goes down to the, the kitchen table and uh, asks for some, some breakfast. And his mom says, well, Jed, you don't get breakfast today. And he said, what do you mean I don't get breakfast? And, she, and he said, his mom said, well, as your mom, uh, you said this morning is going to be a terrible day, and so I'm going to help you to have a terrible day. And so she sent him back to his room. He had to stay there all day. He couldn't play. Uh, he couldn't eat. He slept for a while, but you can only sleep so long. And by the time it was bedtime, he, he couldn't sleep at all. And, uh, but anyway, the story goes that the next morning when mom came to the room at 5.30, Jed was sitting on his bed. He had his clothes on. He threw out his arms and he said, Mom, it's going to be a great day. <laughs> Listen, church, every day can be a great day. This can be a great summer. Uh, we can have the right attitude. And, uh, and so the scriptures tells us to have an attitude like Christ. And so Philippians 2, let me just, let me just read about the attitude of Christ. It, it says, have this attitude or mind among yourselves that were also in Christ Jesus who though he was in the form of God he didn't crown equality with God as something to be grasped but he made himself nothing he emptied himself he left the glory of heaven he emptied himself he became uh, to earth he became like a man uh, made himself nothing born in the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men being found in human form he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him, given him a name above every name, that in the name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And Hebrews 12 2 says, Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy, I always love that verse who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Now, the cross wasn't pleasant, was it? But Jesus, it says, for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of God. And so, uh, as we close to, tonight, just I want you to consider Jesus and going to the cross, and yet going with an attitude of joy because he knew that he was going to the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. Listen, we're sinners. T.J. was right. We're, there's nothing good in us. We're sinners. Our heart's deceitful above all, desperately wicked. Our sin separates us from God. And Jesus knew that he had to come and fix our problem. And he fixed it by taking our sin. He who knew no sin became sin for us and went to the cross, paid the price for our sins. And he, and he did it with joy. That was how much Jesus loved us, a price we can never pay. He came and, and did it with joy so that we could be saved. And uh, that just reminds me of how much he loves us. And uh, I, I just want to ask you tonight, have you ever responded to the love of Christ? A love so great that he would leave heaven, empty himself, come to earth, live a sinless life, and with joy go to a cross to pay for our sins. We want to give you an opportunity tonight to respond to the love of Jesus, and uh, we even want to give you a time tonight to, to maybe come and pray. Maybe uh, you, you come tonight and realize, I, I'm the one who needs that attitude adjustment, and, and maybe you've got some difficult circumstances. Uh, God can use them for good, um, but maybe tonight you need to come and just say, Lord, help me to have the right attitude. Help me to have an attitude like Christ. And uh, we'll invite you to do that. Why don't you pray with me? Why don't you stand and we'll pray. And and uh, praise team will sing a song. And if you want to, if you want to pray, uh, you can. I'll be down here, or there'll be others down here. Or you can grab one of these guys. Uh, somebody would love to pray with you tonight. If that's something that that you need to do, let's pray. Father, thank you for this day, and it is a great day. It's a day that we're alive. Uh, if we're 
saved it today that uh, we live as the redeemed children of the Most High God, sons and daughters of a king, brothers and sisters of, of Jesus. And uh, Lord, tonight I, I pray that uh, you'd help us to get that Limburger cheese out of our attitude. Help me to have an attitude like Christ. And uh, I know your spirit lives in me uh, to help me with that. And help us tonight to love like Christ. And thank you that you would love us and, and, and give, your, give your life uh, so that we could be saved. And, and Lord, our prayer is always that if there's a person here that's never responded to, uh, to the gift of eternal life, the forgiveness of sin, uh, we pray that somebody might respond to that tonight. And, and Lord, if there's someone here tonight that's just going through a difficult time and and they want to have a good attitude, but it's just hard. I, uh, maybe tonight they can come and they cast all their cares upon you uh, because you care for us. Thank you for caring so much. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Are you hurting, broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the
and we hope that you got a blessing from something that happened here tonight. Um, we're going to pray, and then we're going to play you guys out. But we have cupcakes, lemonade, strawberry lemonade, and the most unbaptist thing we could think of, unsweet iced tea. I'm not sure how that happened. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm not sure how it happened, but it happened. But they're out in the atrium. We want you guys to hang out. We want to talk to you guys and, uh, and just uh, fellowship together for a little bit. The sun's still shining, so it should be good. Um, let's pray together. Lord, I just thank you so much um, for the things that you do for us. And I thank you for just all the hearts in here tonight and for the testimony that we heard and, and a little bit from your word. Lord, we just thank you so much for writing a book that just moves and, and is fluid and just pertains to every single part of our life at every time, Lord. And I thank you for, for my church family, and I thank you for my church family from another church, Lord, that they would come out and participate and, and just do church with us tonight. And we just thank you for all the hearts and souls that are in here, Lord, and just be with us and continue to bless us. And if somebody's dealing with some stuff out there, they just, Lord, just hope that we can be an anchor for them and just lead them back to you because we know through, all, through you all things are possible. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.